0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, especially if you may be watching for the very first time. We want you to stay tuned today as we discuss the Bible, the hope of man. We're going to be exalting the Bible today, looking at it, seeing what it ought to mean to us today. Now, on getting to know your Bible, we offer a free Bible course, and we'd like you to have that course. Thousands of people all over the world are studying this course. We want you to have it. You say, well, why? So that you can learn more about your Bible. You say, well, what does it cost? Absolutely nothing, it's free. And we want you to have the course we want to pause for just a moment so you can learn a little bit more about it and so you can learn how to receive it.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 365, or call toll-free no 711 to 5214
1: I'm reading now from the 119th Psalm beginning in verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Without the Bible... Man would know very little about himself and very little about God. Without the Bible, there would be no promise of salvation and there would be no hope of eternal life. Without the Bible, man would lose his way and of all creatures, man would be most miserable. Jeremiah said, It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. God has not left man to stumble blindly in the dark path of his own making. In the 119th Psalm, again, verse 105, the psalmist declared, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We have been given all things in the Bible that pertain to life and godliness according to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3. It is in this book called the Bible that we find the hope of man. This is the only piece of literature inspired of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 read, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. This is God's book. The Bible is really the breath of God. It is the word inspired, means that it is breathed into. And this is the only piece of literature inspired of God. The Bible is the only means of knowing God. In 1 John, the second chapter, and verse 3, the Bible says, hereby, we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. This book is the only means of being drawn to God. John chapter 6, verses 44 and 45. According to James chapter 1, verses 21 to 25, The Bible is the only true mirror of the soul. Why James says that a man can look in this book into the perfect law of liberty. And when he looks, it's like looking into a mirror. He sees himself straightway, turns around, and forgets what matter of man he saw. It's the only book like that. That's the mirror of the soul. And this is the only book that will completely furnish one for everything he needs for time and eternity. Paul in 2 Timothy three 6, seventeen said that it will completely furnish a man unto every good work. So in this book lies the hope of man. This is the only book that cannot be destroyed. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, the Bible says the word of the Lord it liveth forever. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away. My word shall not pass away, Matthew twenty-four thirty-five. And this is the only book that would judge us at the last day. John 12 and verse 48. So in this book lies the hope of man. In the power of this book lies the hope of man. Well, what is there about this book that is so powerful? It is the power of God to save a lost world. In Romans, the first chapter, and verse 16, Paul wrote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So there is power in the Bible, power to save our souls. James chapter 1 and verse 18 says, Of his own will begat he us with a word of truth. We should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Verse 21 says, Wherefore laying apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receiveth meekness, the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So there's power in the Bible to save our souls. That is, when we read it, when we study it, when we believe it, when we obey it, our souls can be saved. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, Paul said, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom that thou hast learned them that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. It's by studying the Bible. And Paul had reference here in writing to Timothy to the Old Testament scriptures that he had uh, that were available to Timothy. And they would tell you about Jesus Christ that would make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And today, the Bible has within it the power to make us wise unto salvation which is in Jesus Christ. Look in Acts the 20th chapter in verse 32. Paul is addressing the elders of the church at Ephesus in a farewell speech. And he says, I commend you to God and the word of His grace which is able to build you up, and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. In John the 8th chapter in verse 32, Jesus said, as he had said in verse 31, if you continue in my words, then you are my disciples indeed. And then he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But what is truth? The, a- the answer is found in John the 17th chapter and verse 17, Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. Everything that is recorded in the Bible is the truth of God. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, and in verse number 22, Peter said, seeing that you have purified your souls, in doing what? In obeying the truth. Yes, there is power in this book. And the power of this book is the hope of man. Oh, how we need to appreciate and to love the Word of God. And in the comfort of this book lies the hope of man. What what is there about this Bible that I hold in my hand that can comfort us? Well, in Romans the 15th chapter and verse 4, Paul said, Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through hope and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. There's comfort found in studying the Bible. I was, when thinking about this as I was preparing this lesson, I, I thought about the 23rd Psalm, which begins, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want." You think about the comfort there is in that 23rd Psalm. There's comfort in it. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is believing in the reality of what we're not able to see with the human eye. But how do we get that faith? One man said faith is a miracle, is it? Romans 10, 17 would deny that. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In John, the 20th chapter, verses 31, 30 and 31, the Bible says many other signs truly to Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written. These are written. That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and believing you might have life in His name. So there, the comfort of this book, and in the comfort of this book, lies the hope of man. Without the Bible, Man could not know whether or not his citizenship was in heaven. In Philippians, the third chapter, in verse 20, Paul said, Our citizenship is in heaven. But you would you wouldn't know that if you didn't have the Bible. Without the Bible, you could, would not know whether your calling had been made sure. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and 10, he said, Wherefore, the brethren, giving all diligence to make your calling and election sure. Well, if we didn't have the Bible, we couldn't do that. Without the Bible, we would not know whether we or not we were walking in the light. 1 John 1 and 7 says, but if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. But you know, if we didn't have the Bible, we would not know that. You see, in the comfort of the book, called the Bible, lies the hope of man. And in the demands of the Bible lies the hope of man. The Bible unstudied is like a gold mine, undiscovered. And our hope lies in the way we handle the Bible. In the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 18 and 19... The Bible says, I testify to every man that heareth the words of the prophets of this book. If any man shall add unto the things which are written in this book, I'll add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, I will take away his part out of the book of life from the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. That tells me I'm not to add to the book. I'm not to take away from the book. You see, my hope lies in the way I handle the Bible. 2 Timothy 2.15 reads, Study, to show thyself approved unto God, a a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I'm to handle it properly. I'm to, to rightly divide the Bible. I'm not to add to it, not to take away from it, and I'm to rightly divide it. My hope in the Bible lies in the way that I study the Bible. Do I study the Bible to try to prove what theory that I have in my mind? Or do I study the Bible to learn truth? Do I study the Bible to see if I am being taught truth? In Acts the 17th chapter and verse number 11, the Bible says, These were more noble than those of Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now, there are two or three things that we might think about in that one passage. Here were people who received with the Bible with, with an open mind. And these people in the second place were studying the scriptures daily to see if what they were being taught was true. Have you ever done that? Have you ever heard someone teach something and you, you say, well, I, I don't know whether that's true or not. And have you ever gone to the Bible to see if it's true? Have you ever gone to the Bible to see if what, what this individual is trying to tell you can be found in the pages of the book that I hold in my hand? You see, our hope lies in the way that, that we handle the Bible. And the way that we study the Bible, but it also lies in the way that we receive the Bible. I want to call your attention to a passage in 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, and in verse 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Now think about that. <laughs> well, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. We ought to welcome the word of God. Now let me continue. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, The Word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. That is a powerful, powerful passage of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. And this shows how our hope can be found in the Bible by the way that we receive the Word of God. He says you welcomed it. You welcomed the Word of God. You weren't offended by it. You didn't uh, puff up because of something that you heard from the word. You welcomed it. Not as the word of men. We hear a lot from men today. Someone who had a tremendous impact on my life was a gospel preacher by the name of Gus Nichols. Brother Nichols has been dead now for a number of years. And he was one of the most effective preachers that I have ever known. He was a man who knew more about the Bible than anyone that I have ever known. And I recall him saying on many occasions that in our preaching, we need to let God do more of the talking. But then he would say, But nowadays, God can hardly get a word in edgewise. Well, when I hear a man preach, I want him to tell me what the Bible says, don't you? Let me read this again. When you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, that is it wasn't of human origin, but as it is in truth the word of God. We need to have that kind of an attitude toward the Bible. Our hope also lies in the way that our life becomes the gospel. And that's so important. In Philippians the first chapter in verse 27 Paul said, only let your Manner of life, only let your conduct be as it becomes the gospel. Now I want us to stop here and think about that for just a while. There isn't anything that can recommend Jesus more to other people than the way I live. And there isn't anything that will cause people to appreciate the Bible any more more than the way my life harmonizes with the book that I hold in my hand. This is important. You see, my hope lies in the way that I live by the gospel. I can't live as I please. The, The book that I hold in my hand tells me that I ought to be kind to people. Therefore, I do not have the right as a Christian to be unkind. The, the book that I hold in my hand tells me and teaches me to be loving. Therefore, I do not have the right to be unloving. The, the, the book that I hold in my hand tells me that I should be forgiving. Forgiving. Therefore, I do not have the right as a Christian to hold a grudge. Why? Because my hope lies in the way that my life becomes the gospel or conforms to the gospel. I have known of people who are actually turned away from Christ because they observed the life of someone who claimed to be a Christian and yet their life was not becoming of the gospel. Sometimes we say of a certain thing, that's not very becoming. I couldn't tell you how many times I have tried to get ready to put on my tie and put on a suit. And and my wife would say, you know, Billy, I just don't think that tie is very becoming with that suit. Uh, Then I'd have to take it off and, you know, I'd put on another one that she picks out because we don't want a tie on that's not becoming to the suit you have on. Well, my life needs to become the gospel. But that, that means that my life needs to be in keeping with the high claims of the gospel. So, so, my hope lies not only in the way I handle the Bible and the way I study the Bible and the way I receive the Bible and the way I observe all things in the Bible, but by the way I live by the Bible. I remember a number of years ago while I was still a student in uh, the old Alabama Christian College, which is now called Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama. A man came to campus to make a speech. It was not Considered a religious speech, but he told a story that made a tremendous impact on me. He he said that that when he was in London, he wanted to. He got hungry and he wanted an American hamburger. And he asked one of the British policemen where he could find one, and he told him what plate where to go, and he could find an American hamburger. And he said before he got to that place, he saw a man out on the sidewalk walking back and forth with a sign on. There was a placard on the front, placard on the back, and it read, Eat at Joe's place, best food in town. He said here was a man advertising all this good food at Joe's place. But he said that man was about the best specimen of malnutrition he had ever seen. And we may tell people about Jesus and we may talk about spiritual things and we may talk about the Bible. We may talk about the church. But if our life is not becoming the gospel, we're not going to be very effective. You know in the 66th Psalm, the psalmist said, Come and hear all ye that fear the Lord and I will declare what He's done with my soul. Well, one of the greatest ways you declare what God has done for your soul is the way you live by this book. And our hope lies also in the way that we obey it. There's not any hope for a man who will not obey the Bible. I I do not want to be unkind. I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. There's no hope if we do not obey it. Thank God Thank God for the Bible. For herein lies our hope. This is the word of God revealed to man in written form. And how we need to believe it today. We're living in a time where many people would do away with this book. We're living in a time where many people would throw it in the garbage. We're living in a time where many people laugh about this book. But one day, when it comes down to the end of time and we stand before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll give an account of our life based upon the teaching of this book. In Romans, the second chapter, in verse 16, Paul wrote in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men according to my gospel. will be judged by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Suppose I had an examination to take. Suppose I was in school and I I had an examination to take in science. And I would tell you the next day that I'm ready to take the test. Well, how did you prepare? Well, all night long I read a novel. Well, by reading that novel, you say you're you're now prepared to take a test in science. No, yes, I I think I'm prepared to take the science test because I studied all night long. I read that novel. You said that'd be a foolish thing because if you want to pass that test in science, you'd better study the science book. And I'm here to tell you with all the love I have in my heart for you that if we want to pass the test on the day of judgment, we'd better study this book We'd better believe it. We'd better accept it. This book teaches that to be a Christian, you must believe in Jesus, John 8, 24. This book teaches that to be a Christian, you must repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3. This book teaches that to be a Christian, you must be willing to confess in your faith in Jesus, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. This book teaches that to be a Christian, to be saved as a penitent believer in Christ, You must be baptized, for Jesus said in this book, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Would you not obey him? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Would you obey him today? I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may may I give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also now, before we close, may I urge you to pick up the telephone right now. Call for the free Bible correspondence course. It could be the single greatest thing you've ever done because you see you're going to learn more about the book that is our hope. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer.
0: Give me the Bible, holy message shining. My life shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. Getting to Know Your Bible. for getting to know your Bibles.